Hey you, a very good morning to you. It is Friday morning, the 12th of January 2023. I'm Richie Allen, this is The Papers podcast, daily podcast looking at the front pages and um, some of the better, not better, more interesting stories inside the UK's daily newspapers. I'm a bit late recording this this morning. It isn't live, so you might wonder why I even bother saying stuff like this, but I'm a bit late. It is 12 minutes past 7 as I record this. I'm aiming to get it online by 8am, and that's because I had a, an extra half an hour in bed this morning, believe it or not. Rather than get up at 4.30, I got up just after 5 a.m. I don't know why that is. There you are. It might be down to my abstinence from alcohol. That might explain it, but I don't know. In any case, I hope I find you well. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Before I go through the papers, you will be waking up this morning to news that US and UK forces have been carrying out airstrikes inside Yemen against Houthi rebels overnight. Everybody leading with this this morning, the BBC, Sky and uh, Good Morning Britain, ITV, everybody talking about this. Uh, US President Joe Biden says the reason for the strikes is down to attacks by the Iranian-backed Houthi rebels on ships in the Red Sea. Attacks, they say, which have been happening since November. It is alleged that this is about the Houthi and Iranian support for 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 Palestine, effectively, and for um, Hamas, I'm I'm tempted to, but I won't. I'm tempted to go into a ramble now about what's really going on there, but I won't. Um, people in the UK, people in the United States, will not ask any questions about this. They will they, they they will not attempt in any way to educate themselves as to what's going on in the Red Sea and why. So I, I'll, I'll leave it there. It's an abomination is all I will say, you know. It, it's an outrage that airplanes from the United States and, and the UK are in the Gulf region, are in the Red Sea and are attacking um, inside a sovereign nation, Yemen. But then you might say, Richie, the UK has been arming Saudi Arabia to the teeth for years and Saudi Arabia has been raining hellfire and brimstone down on Yemen and killing hundreds of thousands of civilians there. What difference does it make? We 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 live in an inversion. That's all I will say about that. So I could not, not mention that that is the lead story in all the newspapers this morning, not the newspapers, the broadcast media this morning, leading with attacks overnight carried out by US and UK forces inside Yemen against Houthi rebels, as saying that the excuse for the attacks is because Houthis are attacking uh, ships in the Red Sea in support of Hamas. Okay, look, we'll leave that one there and we'll go straight to the front pages of the UK daily newspapers this Friday, January 12th, 2023. Um, the Guardian. So The Guardian, these newspapers go to bed. That's a That's a journalism term. They go to bed, they're put to bed um, probably around about 7, 8 p.m. Uh, of an evening. Uh, they're sent to be printed. So The Guardian leads with Britain and US poised to launch strikes against Houthi. So when The Guardian uh, was put to bed, was sent to the printers, The Guardian had word, had wind of these attacks. So that's on the front page of The Guardian. Also, Scottish leader's wife, let my family from Gaza stay. This is... Um, What's the guy's name again? Um, 
what's the guy's name, the leader of the Scottish National Party? Jose Yumzaf, is that his name? Oh, I, I, I probably pronounced that all wrong. It doesn't matter. We'll, you can have a good laugh at that. We'll leave that one there. Uh, his family are from Gaza, of course. Let me, because of, because of my innate professionalism, <laughs> let me just give you the guy's proper name. They're all the same, these people. They're all the same. The guy's name is Humza Yusuf, not Husa Yumzaf. <laughs> That's right. Humza Yusuf is the leader of the Scottish National Party. That's the guy. That's right. His wife is from uh, Palestine. That's right. Uh, they're in Scotland now, uh, her family, and he's pleading that they be allowed to stay in the country and not be forced to return to Gaza. Humza Yusuf, there you go. Yeah, you can laugh. You can laugh at me if you want. I read so much stuff, you know. The I paper, UK prepares airstrikes on Yemen. Again, prepares. It happened. These papers went to bed before it happened. The Daily Mail, UK blitz warning to Iran is the headline. The headline, UK blitz warning to Iran. So the Mail says the Houthis ignored a final warning to stop attacking ships in the Red Sea. That's according to the Mail, which says the attacks pose a major threat to the global economy. Basically, the Houthi attacks on ships in the Red Sea present a major threat to the global economy. The Mail unsurprisingly saying the attacks inside Yemen by British and US forces are justified. Surprise, surprise. As the Times again leads with airstrikes on Houthis after strife in Red Sea. Daily Express, Britain and US unite to strike against Iran-backed rebels. The Daily Telegraph, US and UK prepare strikes on Houthi rebel bases. Financial Times goes with the same story. The Daily Star has a photograph of former England manager Sven Goran Eriksson on the front page. He has announced, has Eriksson, that he has late-stage cancer and has only about a year to live at best. That's the front page of the Star. The Metro goes with the same story on its front page. I have a year to live, ex-England boss Sven. I have a year to live and I appreciate every day. Uh, Daily Mirror front page features Prince William and he is photographed uh, sharing a joke with Rob Burrow, a former rugby league player, uh, and Kevin Sinfield, another former rugby league player. Now, Rob Burrow has got motor neuron disease and uh, Kevin Sinfield is a former teammate and friend of Rob Burrow and both of them have been raising money to combat motor neuron disease. Prince William turned up and presented both of them with a CBE. Yes, the son, Kyle Lovechild number two, is the headline on the front page of The Sun. And this is about Manchester City football player. He also plays for England, Kyle Walker, who has had a child with, or a second child, with model Lauren Goodman, apparently. Uh, Somebody he was with, or somebody he... Uh, had a relationship with during a period of separation from his wife. Imagine the son publishing that sort of crap on the front page, but it has done. This is The Papers with me, Richie Allen, and it is uh, Friday morning, the 12th of January. As I speak to you now at 7, I don't speak to you now, it's 7.20am, God knows when you'll hear it. Let's look at some of the stories inside. This is really interesting. It's a very well-written opinion piece by Michael Murphy for The Telegraph newspaper today. 
is the headline is Ireland's pro-immigration elites are driving the country to the brink. Ireland's pro-immigration elites are driving the country to the brink. So Murphy writes, pro-immigration elites have turned Ireland into a powder keg. The fuse was lit last November when riots broke out in Dublin after three young children and a woman were stabbed by a man of Algerian origin. Angry locals took to the streets, buses were set to light, shops were looted and police were viciously attacked in an outpouring of violence unlike anything the city has seen in modern times. Since then, a migrant hotel in Galway and a planned homeless shelter in Dublin have been put to the torch and Irish politicians and media have been quick to finger far-right hooligans as villains of the story. But, writes Michael Murphy, the same people now hand-wringing about right-wing extremism have themselves been busily heaping gunpowder into the barrel. Ireland has in recent years opened its doors to enormous numbers of immigrants. More than 140,000 arrived in the year ending April 2023, contributing to growth of almost 2% of its population. The new arrivals needed to be housed in a country which has a shortfall of 250,000 homes and other public services stretched thin. Those questioning the wisdom of this risked being labelled racist or far-right or censored. And once Ireland's draconian hate speech laws are passed through the Doyle, it is possible the doubters can expect to be arrested. This is... Uh, Michael Murphy writing in The Telegraph. Doubters who question the wisdom of it uh, can expect to be arrested because of hate speech laws. This is the undesirable lot of Ryan Casey. He is the boyfriend of Ashling Murphy, a 23-year-old school teacher who was stabbed 11 times in the neck last year while she was out jogging near Tullamore in County Offaly. Mr Casey said in a statement after the sentencing of his girlfriend's murderer, a 33-year-old man from Slovakia. Mr Casey said he was sickened that someone can come to this country, be fully supported in terms of social housing, social welfare and free medical care for over 10 years, never hold down a legitimate job and never once contribute to society in any way, shape or form before committing such a horrendous evil act of incomprehensible violence. This was sufficient to cast Mr Casey of a as a hero of Ireland's far right in the eyes of liberal elites. It is unsurprising then that Mr Casey's remarks were omitted in much of the Irish media's reporting. When asked about this on the BBC, Irish Times journalist Kitty Holland said she thought this decision, the decision not to publish the remarks of poor Mr Casey, whose girlfriend was destroyed in this unprovoked, horrible, murderous attack, Right? This is me now. This is not Murphy in the Telegraph. Um, she said the decision not to publish his remarks was right, quote, right, because the remarks were incitement to hatred and it wouldn't be, quote, helpful to share them. Murphy writes in the Telegraph on Ireland's hate speech laws, which would elicit blushes from even the old Catholic Church censors, are rolled out. It isn't inconceivable that they could even be illegal. That Murphy whose girlfriend, whose partner, was destroyed by being attacked and stabbed 11 times in the neck when he said it is incomprehensible and, and that he was sickened 
that a man could come to Ireland and be supported in terms of social housing, welfare, free medical care for 10 years, never have a job, never contribute to Irish society in any way, shape or form is incomprehensible to him. That could be considered hate speech. The love of his life was destroyed, ruined, finished, cut to pieces by a scumbag who came to Ireland from Slovakia and did nothing other than sponge. And then for no reason, there never could be a reason, runs up behind a woman and stabs her 11 times in the neck while she was jogging. The man says, how could this possibly happen? The Irish Times says, we will not publish those comments because that is incitement to hatred. Kitty Holland is a rancid, a wretched, rancid fucking whore of a human being to say that it is okay to censor him because those remarks are incitement to hatred, when in fact those remarks are 100% understandable, and even more, they are 100% legitimate. What was he doing there, is the question, asked by Mr Casey. But the Irish media says we can't publish those comments, because they might incite the mythical far right. It sickens me, this. It really does. Excellent piece in The Telegraph by Michael Murphy. A well-thought-out, provocative to some maybe, but very well-thought-out, very well-written piece about the insanity of Ireland's immigration policy and the, 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 the sinister behaviour of the Irish media and the, what he calls the Irish elite for censoring people who dare to say, what the hell is going on? Let's look inside the Times. Hate crime inquiry over note attacking hideous Birmingham accent. What the hell is this? Well, the, the Times claims a hate crime against a family from the Midlands is being investigated by a Welsh police force after a poison pen letter attacking their, quote, hideous, vomit-inducing, brummy accents was left outside their home. Wow. The vitriolic handwritten note was posted after the family moved 120 miles from the Midlands to a sought-after street in the seaside town of Aberystwyth, West Wales. The letter, written in red ink, said the family should take their, wait for it, quote, clapped out crappy boats, jeeps and cars with them and be housed in fenced-in tinker sites, a pejorative term for travellers. Diffid Poes Police Diffid Poes Police in Aberystwyth is investigating the letter which was left outside the house in suburban Ireworth Avenue. The note said Ireworth Avenue was once a quite pleasant residential area until a load of shit from the Midlands hit it. <laughs> Low life like you should be forced to live in fenced in tinker sites, preferably back where you come from. Why don't you take your clapped out crappy boats, jeeps, cars and your hideous vomit inducing accidents, accents even back to Brummyland and please take a few thousand other yo-yos with you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Diffid Powis police said an offensive note was left outside a property that has caused distress to the occupants. The note was left just after 7pm on the evening of January 8th. Officers would like to speak with the individual who left the note. Poison pen. God be with the days. You don't get poison pen letters too much these days. It's mostly abuse online, isn't it? But there you are. I thought that might amuse you. Yes. Cowardly thing to do, really, isn't it? I mean, if you don't like the people, at least tell them. Face to face you don't like them. Don't be leaving notes. 
But um, The Guardian, here's an interesting one. New, newly covered cosmic megastructure challenges theories of the universe. number of broadcasters speaking about this today, talking about this today. Astronomers have discovered a ring-shaped cosmic megastructure the proportions of which challenge existing theories of the universe. The so-called Big Ring has a diameter of about 1.3 billion light years, making it among the largest structures ever observed. At more than 9 billion light years from Earth, it is too faint to see directly, but its diameter on the night sky would be the equivalent of 15 full moons. The observations presented yesterday at the 243rd meeting of the American Astronomical Society in New Orleans are significant, according to The Guardian, because the size of the Big Ring appears to defy a fundamental assumption in cosmology called the Cosmological Principle, which states that above a certain spatial scale, the universe is homogeneous and looks identical in every direction. So Alexia Lopez, who is a PhD student at the University of Central Lancashire, Alexia said, she led the analysis, she said, from current, cosmolo- from current cosmological theories, we didn't think structures on this scale were possible. We could expect maybe one exceedingly large structure in all of our observable universe. But this is change, changing. Um, established scientific thinking about the universe. Uh, These oddities keep getting swept under the rug, said Lopez, but the more we find, we're going to have to come face to face with the fact that maybe our standard model needs rethinking. We need a completely new theorem of cosmology. A megastructure shaped like a ring. Uh, 1.3 billion light years in diameter. Jesus Christ, I mean, that's unimaginably big, isn't it? And they say it's about 9 billion light years from Earth and it's changing the way they think about the universe. Let's go back inside the Telegraph briefly. Headline, Pride Beauty Pageant Contestant. Pride Beauty Pageant Contestant performs striptease in front of children. A striptease was performed in front of young children at a seaside town's Pride Beauty pageant as a performer dropped their trousers and danced around a bandstand in their underwear. Do you hate this? Their bullshit. It's a bloke who did this, right? But the the beauty pageant was for non-binary people. This is a sort of fuckology now that we're confronted with on a daily basis. This is the sort of perversity and the sort of ugliness that we're expected to swallow and just accept, you know, is, 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 uh, accept that we have to, to coexist with. This sort of fucking nonsense, right? A video shows a man simulating a sexual act on a cane, simulating oral sex in front of a group of minors at a festival in Kent. It took place on August 12th. Like I said, it was a pageant for non-binary idiots, right? Um, mix, MX Margate, or Mux. MX is, you know, we say Mr. for, for man. We say Ms. MS. We say Miss uh, for women. Now we've got MX Mux, or Mix, right, for non-binaries. Yeah. Um, Margate Pride put this on. Kids were sitting there watching it. People were simulating sex. And uh, we're supposed to accept that that's okay. Uh, The Telegraph quotes a woman called Kelly J. Keane, who at one time used to come on the Richie Allen show, not anymore. 
Uh, Kelly J. Keane said, when it comes to the protection and safeguarding of children and the vulnerable, we should have learned by now that groups such as Pride, Stonewall, Mermaids, Educate and Celebrate um, cannot be trusted. At this point, we have to ask where were the parents and what sort of parents sit their children in front of a sexually explicit adult entertainer. This person performed a striptease and simulated performing fellatio on a walking stick. If this sexualized adult enter- entertainment act belongs anywhere at all, said uh, Kelly J. Keane, it belongs in a nightclub. Yes, of course it does. I have no problem with uh, consenting adults getting up to whatever consenting, consenting adults would like to get up to in the confines of their own home. I do not judge. I have no judgment. I do not judge fetishes and sexual predilections. No, I do not. Two consenting adults want to get into it, dress up however they want to dress up, do whatever they want to do, consenting, and nobody is physically harmed. Happy days, crack on. Keep it away from children. This nonsense. It's crazy, isn't it? Let's look inside the mirror. Universal COVID vaccine would save millions of lives and cost less in next pandemic. This is crazy shit. A universal COVID vaccine could save millions of lives and billions of pounds if developed before the next pandemic, according to scientists. They believe that one jab would not give total protection, but would lessen the impact of COVID as a more specific vaccine is found. Can you believe this shit? And the World Health Organization has been talking about this. Can you believe it? So they declare a pandemic, right? It could be COVID, it could be anything. There's a pandemic, right? Panic, 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 right? Panic, we need to lock down, we need to socially distance. Now, we've got a holding vaccine, an interim vaccine, which will tide you over for a couple of months until we can get a specific one. Here's the universal vaccine. It won't give you total protection, but it will lessen the impact of the virus and it will tide us all over until we have a specific one. Fucking hell. Wow. Yeah, that's in the mirror. It's also in the sun today and a number of other tabloids carrying that story. Have the universal one. Yes, roll up, take it, roll your sleeve up. And in a few months' time, in a few weeks even, we'll have another vaccine, an mRNA one, which will deal with the problem specifically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The mail. I love this. I'm becoming more and more interested in these stories as time goes on. Inside the mail, huge ancient city that was built two and a half thousand years ago and lasted for a thousand years with a population of 100,000 has been found in Ecuador in the Amazon. Love these lost ancient cities and how advanced they were and the kinds of things going on in these ancient civilizations. So the Mail Online says archaeologists have uncovered a massive lost ancient city in the Amazon rainforest that was home to at least 10,000 farmers around 2,000 years ago with a population overall of around 100,000 people. A series of mounds and buried roads in Ecuador was first noticed more than two decades ago by archaeologist uh, Stephen Rostain. But at the time I wasn't sure how it all fit together, said Rostain, one of the researchers who reported on this in the journal Science yesterday. Recent mapping by laser sensor technology revealed those sites to be part of a dense network of settlements and connecting roads tucked into the forested foothills of the Andes that lasted for about 
1,000 years. Ross Dane says it was a lost valley of cities. He directs investigations at France's National Centre for Scientific Research. It is incredible, he said. The settlements were occupied by the Upano people between around 500 BC and 300 to 600 AD, a period roughly contemporaneous with the Roman Empire in Europe the researchers have discovered. Love all of this stuff. Uh, Graham Hancock uh, writes and broadcasts about this. I've invited him a few times to come on the Richie Allen show, the other show, but he has declined the invitation. Fair enough. Uh, but his podcasts and his videos are available on YouTube and he often um, features in Netflix specials, doesn't he, Hancock? And I think they're worth paying attention to. Amazing what might have been going on. What sort of advanced societies existed, you know, thousands of years ago before disappearing? And why did they disappear? And what did they know? And what happened? Fascinating to me. Uh, As I said, I'm I'm more and more looking into this type of thing as time goes on. That's kind of the best of the papers, to be honest. Um, Looking at the BBC News website this Friday morning, like I said earlier, it's dominated by the US and UK strikes inside Yemen attacking Houthi rebel targets. But the BBC is also covering the South African action against Israel at the International Court of Justice in The Hague. Talked about this on the Richie Allen show yesterday. So the BBC headline on the BBC website, Israel officials support Gaza destruction court hears. Now, South African lawyers put the case against Israel to the ICJ yesterday. Today, Friday, the Israeli uh, government will present its defence. So this is very interesting, right? So according to Anna Holligan, writing for the BBC, at The Hague, Israel's plan to destroy Gaza comes from the highest level of state. The UN's top court has heard the claims were made by South African lawyers as it presented its case accusing Israel of genocide at the International Court of Justice. South Africa also called on the court to order Israel to cease military operations in Gaza. Uh, Holligan writes, Israel, which will present its defence on Friday, has vehemently rejected the accusations as baseless. The court will deliver an opinion only on the genocide allegation, although it is being closely watched. And that's a very important point made by Holligan in her article for the BBC. The court will only give an opinion on this. You know, the court doesn't have any teeth, really. It doesn't have any power to um, order, for example, sanctions against Israel. The court, for example, doesn't have the power to say that nation states, United Nations member states, should sever links with Israel, should freeze Israeli assets, kick out the ambassadors and all of that. It doesn't have any such power. It will only offer an opinion when it does come to an opinion. So that's on the BBC website uh, today. Is there anything else really... No, you probably won't be surprised. The post office scandal uh, features heavily on the BBC News website uh, today as well. Okay, thank you for listening to the papers today, this day, Friday, the 12th of January, 2024. And thank you for sharing it with others as well. Next time you hear from me will be Sunday morning at 10 o'clock UK time. I will be presenting Sunday morning melodies on the usual channels. It might not be your thing. Uh, The Richie Allen Show will be back this coming Monday at 4 o'clock UK time. It's live and interactive, of course, on multiple channels. 
All that remains today is for me to wish you a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. Look after yourselves and one another. It's going to be cold, so wrap up well. Until Sunday, from the BBG, Sloan Tunnel. Bye now.